Greetings, listeners. Today, I figured I'd talk about something a little different to my usual fare, though it fits in fine with the culture part of this show's name. Philosophy, and, to a lesser extent, a piece of literature. Specifically, the truth and the lack thereof. I'm sure you're all at least somewhat familiar with the concepts at play in George Orwell's famed book 1984, but for those unaware, let me briefly catch you up to speed. Orwell envisioned a world in which the government's control over society had been taken to an extreme, one which, while it seems unlikely, has very nearly happened in the past. It wouldn't be much of a stretch to compare his world to Hitler's Third Reich or the Soviet Union. Both certainly came close at one time or another. But that's not the part I'm interested in today. The bit we're focusing on for the moment is the media. You see, in Orwell's 1984, the truth is decided by the government, and they have entire departments dedicated to censoring anything that doesn't suit them and covering up lies with fresh new ones. If they make a statement one week and go back on it the next, they simply change all the records to reflect that new statement, not the original. Fortunately, today we're quite far from such a world. We're not too far off from the constant monitoring he imagined, but that bit about the truth being flexible... We're living in it. Post-truth is a philosophy and concept for, and I quote, the disappearance of shared objective standards for truth and the circuitous slippage between facts, alternative facts, knowledge, opinion, belief, and truth. End quote. You see, the challenge here is that fact and truth are actually two separate things. A fact is objective and indisputable. It has been proven based on the scientific method, empirical research, and quantifiable methods. The truth, on the other hand, is an entirely different beast. It can be factual, but it isn't always. More specifically, truth includes belief and opinion. It is subjective in its nature. Your truth could be that the Star Wars sequel trilogy is amazing when in actual fact they're downright terrible. Just kidding, though. At the very least, they're fun, and I can't fault anyone for enjoying something. Comedian Ricky Gervais once explained the concept best. I quote, If we took every science book and every fact and destroyed them all, in a thousand years they'd all be back, because all the same tests would produce the same results. End quote. Whether or not the tests are the same, people ask questions. Over time those questions get more thorough, and so do the methods of asking them. Ask enough questions through complex means, referring to testing, and eventually you'll come right back to the fact of the matter. It is this misunderstanding of the differences between fact and truth and how we consume these things that causes problems. Facts are indisputable, yes, but they can be misconstrued in favor of building a new truth. Statistics can be left out, discarded as if they never existed in the first place, or they can be entirely taken out of context. A news anchor could point to a line graph and say, look, it's gone down! But upon closer inspection, the graph only shows the last month. Zoom that out to show the statistics for the last 30 years, and you'll see an entirely different story. Perhaps this nebulous thing the graph is keeping track of has actually done nothing but skyrocket over the decades, and the month's numbers are only down because they have yet to actually collect and finalize that month's statistics. Or perhaps it is because there is a slight lull in that thing but the numbers are still orders of magnitude higher than they were just a few short decades ago. Context is key, and the media loves to get rid of it. 
We've all seen how quickly fake news can spread, and how hard it can be to dispel the lies, especially when those lies are part of someone's truth. An example of this is a factoid from an early 90s magazine. The average person eats eight spiders in their sleep each year. This is a blatant lie. Most spiders aren't fans of breezy, wet environments. The last thing they'd want to do is crawl into a cavern fitting that description. Adding to this, spiders are also extremely sensitive to vibrations. I don't know how much you toss and turn at night, but the average person moves quite a lot in their sleep. Everything from kicking and rolling over to minor repositioning every so often. Your breathing and the beating of your heart play into this as well. That's how sensitive they are. Most experts agree that approaching a living, constantly vibrating thing is not something a spider would willingly do, unless it's small enough to eat, of course. But despite how easily this lie can be dispelled, it has continued to worm its way and maintain its presence in society's collective consciousness. Simply because the original source of this supposed fact has a citation. The column in which the factoid appears was written by one Lisa Holst in 1993, and the point of this column was to demonstrate just how gullible people really were. To prove her point, she snuck in her lie about spiders and cited a book from 1954 titled Insect, Fact, and Folklore. This is where something called circular reporting comes in. Media company number one said a thing, claimed it to be true, and cited a source. So, media companies 2, 3, 4, and 5 all cite number 1, without actually checking whether or not number 1's source was correct to begin with. But if you actually take the time to read the book, you'll find something interesting. It only mentions spiders once, and only insofar as explaining that it wouldn't contain any facts or folklore about them. And it would be weird if it did. The title is Insect, Fact, and Folklore, after all. Spiders aren't insects. Now imagine if the misconstruction of a fact, that new truth, imagine if it fits someone's perception of a thing. It fits their beliefs and opinions. Now try telling them it's wrong. Regardless of your opinions on the British royal family, it's not hard to see how the media has shaped the public's perception of them. Some love them, while others absolutely despise them. Some have taken Meghan and Harry's side, and others are readying their guillotines for them. The same could be said of the United States and how polarizing their politics and media have become. The varying perspectives on the insurrection earlier this year and the election last year have proven that quite handily. Everyone has their own truth, and there is a news outlet somewhere out there just for them, one that misconstrues the facts just right to fit their version of the truth. At the end of the day, these aren't just peoples divided on opinion. They are divided on what they believe to be fact. Many media outlets trade in misconstrued facts, hate-mongering, and outright lies, because it gets them views, paying subscriptions, and bigger paychecks. Welcome to Post-Truth Society. Welcome to Orwell's World.